to Five Blossom Radio with your host, Denise Richard. Five Blossom Empowerment is based on an unusual model for growth, combining elements of the arts, health, and spirituality. Now, here is Denise Richard. So, welcoming our listeners today to Five Blossom Radio. This is Denise Richard, and today we look at the service of high tea. We're going to explore the tradition of tea with the Secret Garden Tea Company. So, Five Blossom Radio is going to introduce here Kathy and Erin Wider, co-owners of the Secret Garden. Uh, they're here to share their tea experience. So, Kathy and Erin, please welcome. Are you there? Yes, thank you. <laughs> Very good. I'm so excited to speak with you today. Um, this topic is is genuine, and I'm, it, it touches a lot of people. Uh, you know, who doesn't love a good cup of tea? It's 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 so much part of our daily life. I'd love to hear from each of you, and I'd love to just get to know a little bit about. Uh, so, for instance, uh, where does the Secret Garden come from? We've heard that name before. How did you come to choose that? The name of the company, Denise? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, um, well, The Secret Garden is my favorite childhood book, and Mm -hmm. I've always loved it. Frances Hodgson Burnett um, is one of my favorite authors. And so when we were looking to start the store, I was at a bookstore, and I saw The Secret Garden, and I thought, what a perfect name for, Mm -hmm. for our tea shop. Right, right. It highlights lots of warm memories and and lots of good things for on many levels, doesn't it? Yes, yeah. And mm-hmm. the Secret Garden is a beautiful book all about an enchanted secret garden that you um, enter with a key, and it's about nature and um, it's magical. Yeah, it is. Yes, that's um, what tea can be too. It's quite magical. Thank you. So here you are uh, with us, and the topic today is uh, high tea, the high tea experience. Mm-hmm. I'd love for both of you to first introduce yourself a little bit and tell us a little bit about um, yourself and how you, you guys came to create this, this experience for people. Um, well, it all started for me with my grandmother, who I called Gammy, and she was of English ancestry. And she loved a good cup of tea. So um, I have early, early childhood memories of going to her house, and she'd have the real silver tea service and little tiny um, treats, like sweet treats and bontons that, um, from a special shop in Vancouver. And uh, we would sit down and um, have tea together. And she also had ladies over with, you know, they had hats and they were all dressed up. And oh, nice. she'd have a table filled with, um, with everything to do with tea. And I used to actually take the little treats and sneak them upstairs sometimes and eat them because they were so delicious. Lovely, lovely. So, so it's really part of your life, tea, tea service. You grew up with tea service through Grandma. Oh, yeah, and the beauty of it. Like, she'd always set a full table with there'd be roses in the middle of the table and fine linens and and the silver tea service, which was absolutely beautiful. And um, there'd be someone that would be serving the tea. One of the women that came to these events would be the pourer, and she would serve the tea in these special china teacups. And so I guess I've always been fascinated with that ritual and the beauty of it, and mm-hmm. always, um, I've always wanted to have my own business, and um, she was actually the one, my grandma was the one that was complaining there was nowhere to go for tea in Carisdale, and I thought, what a great idea, and that's mm. how it all began. Mm, that's nice. So it comes to really genuine, mm-hmm. your origins, yeah, yeah. yeah. And... Um, and so how did you connect in with Aaron to do this? How did that happen? Well, I actually started it with my best friend, Andrea, and we, um, together, the two of us found a special location. It had a stained glass window, and um, it was, it looked, it was like a, the building was over 100 years old, so it just had all the kind of right fit for um, a tea shop. Mm-hmm. And Andrea and I started it together, and then, a couple of years later, Aaron came to work with me uh, in the kitchen, and I, 
she loved the business so much. She was like, I want to be a part of this. And um, Andrea wanted to homeschool her kids. So Erin said, I, you know, I want to be part of this. And Andrea decided to um, make her way into something else. And Erin mm-hmm. joined me. And we've been wonderful partners ever since. How wonderful. So it was a very natural fit that she took a really strong interest. So Erin, could you, would you like to introduce yourself? Say hello to us today. Hi. Yeah, when I um I came on board in 1999, I had just finished uh, culinary school in Vancouver, ah. and um, I had um, my background was food and beverage, and uh, I actually was engaged to be married to Kathy's youngest brother at the time, and uh, I came and did um, some work in the kitchen uh, at the Secret Garden. And I just fell madly in love with the concept. And uh, so it was a great partnership. I didn't spend too long in the kitchen. Um, I, I soon took over running the front and then working on the operations with Kathy. So we've been a uh, really amazing um, uh, partnership over the last, I don't know, almost 20 years I've been working with Very Kathy. nice. Very nice. Yeah, it's, it's, very, it's a very, very good fit. Very exciting. So there's history behind... Uh, high tea uh, on many levels and what I'd like to do today is sensitively just explore that and explore the 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 power of tea drinking really it's such a a genuine topic that so many people enjoy daily so could you start off by giving us giving our listeners today a little bit of uh, an understanding of what is high tea to you how would you describe that um well there's there's afternoon tea and there's high tea. So um, we actually serve what was traditionally known as an afternoon tea, but it's just come to be known as high tea because that's what a lot of our customers have called it. So an afternoon tea, I think um, the history actually began with the Duchess of Bedford, um, Anna, who uh, was going to visit, uh, I believe, her uncle at... Um, I think it was called Belvoir Castle in the 1840s. And um, they had a nice breakfast, but they had a light lunch. And then there was a long space until dinner. So she was really hungry mid-afternoon and started taking these little treats into her room between lunch and dinner. And um, friends started joining her. And uh, she's known as the, the woman that actually started the tradition of afternoon tea. Okay, so afternoon tea. So, so for our listeners today, it sounds like you've you're you're highlighting afternoon tea in your restaurant, but it's now kind of revert to the term high tea, is what you're saying? That's correct. That's, okay. That's right. Okay. That's yeah. That's because fair. just so many people were um, calling and saying, "I'd like to come for high tea." So, um, it's just kind of evolved into that. And you know, for people that are real sticklers, it actually is an afternoon tea, and we've had customers tell us that, but um, <laughs> high tea in London um, was actually like quite a meal. Um, yes. You know, it was like a large supper, mm-hmm. and um, yeah, yeah, and it would be served when you got, it was more of a working class meal, and it would be served when you got home from work, and it was more like meat pies, and and that's not what we're serving. So Right, I understand now. So m- when I was first interested in this topic and looked into it a little bit, what I found out is that um, uh, it became a so it became an event because the working class would work later and come right. home famished, and right. therefore, yeah. yeah, and and thus it it was part of. Uh, the factory workers wouldn't arrive home until six or late evening, and when he, they did arrive, uh, they would need a proper meal. So that became the high tea tradition. That's Something right. like that is that correct? I think that's right. Yeah, <laughs> very yeah. good. So it's it's it became the bridge between meals because um, many couldn't eat the meal until later. Right. So, so I hope I hope that that's clear. I hope I'm not fudging that up too much. But I, I I'm 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 inspired by the by the fact that it it brings up a little bit of a mm, like an elegance and a, a a special quality to the gathering. It's not like just going to any 
place and sitting on your own. It's it's something that it, it has a lot of it has an element of contemplation, and it has an element of um, a ritual to it. And the, this to me was was is is part of the mystery is that people even if you're saying it's you know just an afternoon tea, but they're asking for high tea. So there's something special they're looking to. I'd like to talk a little bit, if that's okay, um, about the history of tea in general. And uh, I have a few notes here, and I'd love for you to maybe give your thoughts on that. So in in looking at my notes, I see that the history of tea uh, as complex and uh, it's, it's long, spreads across many cultures and thousands of years, and that tea originated actually uh, in the Shangdan dynasty as a medicinal mm-hmm. drink. And that the, the legends of farmers uh, documents that they accidentally uh, got poisoned. And upon eating a tea leaf, they get revived. So there's lots of, uh, you know, legend around that. And it shows that tea, that this is how tea was discovered and highlights the importance of ancient China as far back as six 6,000 years. So, you know, we're drinking tea that uh, the original plant, the tea plant today, is the same one consumed around the world today that was, you know, uh, discovered 6,000 years ago. Mm-hmm. So tea was a really special um, drink, and it was the subject of poetry. It was the subject of artistic lore and artistic power. And so in the 1600s, tea became popular in Europe. And today, uh, it's consumed uh, as number two in the world to water. That's how much tea we drink in the world. Like, right. Uh, that's how much tea. So um, I'd love to hear from you. Uh, in the preparation of this beverage, can you talk a, a little bit about it? Because we have tea ceremonies around the world. There's Japanese tea ceremonies. There's a Turkish tea ceremony. There's a salty Tibetan butter tea ceremony. And then we have afternoon tea, high tea. So, I mean, we have a lot of tea in the world being drunk every day. I'd love to hear a little bit more about your relationship to tea itself. Like, how did that evolve? Like, how did you decide? Like, where did you go when you decide, okay, we're going to do high tea? Where did we decide to go with the tea? I'm sorry, I'm not clear to me. Uh, in, in, when you're looking at the tradition, so we know that from the, from the notes that I have, tea actually originates in China, and right. it has spread across the globe. Right. And today you're serving tea, and I would love to know a little bit of how your company grew in terms of its relationship to tea. I mean, if I were to decide to create a company, uh, I would, you know, it would there would be a process of learning about tea and the management of or relationship to the tea trade. Or is there anything you'd love to share with us about that in your company? I, I think it's more the connection that people find over tea. Like if you look at the traditions, right? Like you said. Um, You know, it started in China, and there's that legend about uh, an emperor that um, was heating up some water, and a little leaf blew into his tea, into his um, water, and that's how the first cup of tea originated. And then in India, you have it associated with Zen Buddhism, and then in Japan, you have that beautiful, beautiful tea ceremony, right, where it can take years to learn um, all the steps. And there's an there's an aura of contemplation around it. Yes. Um, but we're more British based, but we absolutely um, love that history and that mm-hmm. it's steeped. Excuse the pun, but it's steeped in um, contemplation. But for mm-hmm. us, I think it's more about um, that teapot when it's brought up, being um, people being gathered to connect with each other. And yeah. so it's about appreciating other people, about connecting, about putting down the technology, and about looking at the beauty that's around you, the beauty of that China teacup. We have all original China teacups from England. Lovely. Lovely. And um, we have beautiful tea cozies. Like, we don't have any of those modern... Those are great, too, but our teapots are traditional, Um and um, they're wrapped in the tea cozy like our grandmas used to do. 
And then um, when you're pouring the tea, as opposed to coffee, it's very, it's slower. And I think you're slowing down a bit so that you can take in that beauty and the people around you. So you're talking about it more as a, there's an art to pouring also, isn't there? I mean, many traditions highlight that, that there's a distinctiveness that you can bring to the process of even, you know, pouring and the witnessing of the pouring. Everybody's watching that, that, that beautiful, elegant, you know, draw towards the teacup. Um, yes, yeah. yes. And like I was telling you earlier, like my grandma had at her parties with all these elegant women, uh, she had someone that was designated to pour the tea. Mm-hmm. And that was um, a very important job. And um, there is a certain beauty, like you say, from when it's, when it's being poured, there's a certain sound and the, there's a steam that's released and there's the smell of the different types of tea because we have, you know, we have many different teas here. We have Darjeeling's and we have breakfast teas and we have flavored teas and then we have tea, you know, like herbal teas that are, they turn pink in your cup. Like there's, um, there's so many different um, aromas that Thank can you. come as you pour that tea. Right. Right. How did that develop for you? I mean, you probably have selections of teas that to you are really special. Over time, you've you've come to, to hone in on the ones that you can really, you know, share well, that people are interest, really interested in. How, how did that develop for you? Well, when Kathy and Andrea first started the store, we... Um I know that uh, there are several brokers that are in Canada uh, that only will sell the top um, loose tea. So what we do is we uh, purchase the, the best quality tea that we can find. We are uh, more um, invested in black tea, more of a traditional tea that can be served with uh, milk and sugar, but we do have a few green teas, a few rooibos teas, and a few herbal teas. And it was just a matter of trial and error and what our customers uh, were looking for and what we really enjoyed growing up. So mm-hmm. uh, I think that uh, we do some blending at the Secret Garden and we all package our retail tea under the Secret Garden uh, brand. And mm-hmm. all the Secret Garden tea that we serve here is all very high quality loose leaf tea. Mm-hmm. So it sounds like you you have your little secrets in there, right? Where you have yeah, your, your special blends and yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, and that's, that's part of the tea really tradition. About, yeah, it's just about trying different teas, recommendations from um, the people that sell the teas, uh, and just talking to our customers and listening to our customers what they're looking for. But mm-hmm. we are definitely um, more traditional. We have far more black loose teas than anything else on our menu. Mm-hmm. And that's mm-hmm. just how um, we serve it. But you can still uh, get other types of tea at the Secret Garden that are just equally as delicious. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Would, you, would you care to talk a little bit about um, the, 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 the tea leaves themselves, about uh, I... I in reading, I, I, I thought it's, it's fascinating how um, the things that I learned were that there are different stages for tea to be consumed. I didn't have mm-hmm. a clue about that, um, mm-hmm. that the, the actual production of tea has different steps and that the mm-hmm. spectrum of teas is actually quite vast depending on the climate. So mm-hmm. tea gardens, you know, as you just mentioned, um, they, they, they guard their methods and they, 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 they you know, they guard their their little um, the little brands, the little creations. Um, can you uh, can you talk a little bit about that? Um, well, I, I I'm not that knowledgeable in the actual tea production because we're more experts in serving it. Mm-hmm. But I know that like in um, most of our tea is from India. Mm-hmm. And um, there's different gardens which have different names and. Um, there's different teas known as flushes, and um, depending on when they're produced, like every 7 to 15 days, they have different numbers with them or different, different names. Mm-hmm. Um, tea leaves are generally hand-picked. Like if you look at pictures, um, wow. you'll see women with little baskets on their back, and they're picking off the top leaves of the, the tea plant. Mm-hmm. 
And um, so it's so very that would be the har- intensive. Yeah, that would be the harvesting, right? That's right. Yeah. Um, and the only tea bushes only do well. I know in Vancouver we have a tea bush at our local Van Dusen Gardens, but um, they do best in tropical and subtropical climates. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, they don't do as well um, in the northern climates. Right, right. So w- what I was wondering about, the, the process after the harvesting, um, I, that's where a lot of the, 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 let's say, the changes happened over time where there was, the, I'm told that first they want to reduce the water from the tea leaf, and then right, they, they put they, them in dryers. Yeah, and, and then from there, there's a process of um, they want to 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 rem- or reduce the enzyme activity so that right. uh, it it prevents them from oxidizing, prevents the little leaves from oxidizing. It's very delicate, you know. It's it, it sounds like the, there's so much care taken in in preparing a certain a certain um, certain kind of tea, and then from right. there it's baked or steamed or even pan fried, and uh, and and all this makes for different kinds of brews. Right. And then there's the rolling and shaping of the leaf that right. you know, when they're yeah, so they they use a rolling machine which um it, it causes the tea leaf to change shape and right. um causes some of the essential oils and stuff to um further enhance the taste of the tea. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, um, and I don't know if you've ever heard, too, there's tea that's shaped in bricks. It's actually pressed into bricks. We've had those at the store before. They're, they're fascinating to look at. Mm-hmm. And then you yes. cut off pieces of the brick and put it in hot water and make your tea that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, that was an original, actually. It's from very, very long ago from what I, I find. It's, it's, it's really lovely to have, uh, to take a little time and to consider where where this comes from and the the importance of it and all this is still happening today i think of how many of us just pick up a tea bag and without really thinking right without really considering all that's behind it and that you right. highlight that that you've taken the time and you're and you're you're supporting something that's evolved i i appreciate that w- do you have any information or would you like to share with our listeners today uh, anything about your URLs or information, a web page? How they, how can they get close to you? Oh, the web page is um, a secret garden tea, as in mm-hmm. Thank you. So if you look that up, then it has. It's great. It's got our menu. It's got pictures of the store. Um, it's and you have got, special um, events that happen at times. We do. Um, I'm going to let Erin speak about that. We have a special brunch, and we have um, some pop-up teas that we do that are really cool. Mm -hmm. All of our menus, and we even have an online store if you're looking for retail tea to be shipped to you. And like Kathy said, that can be found at our website at www.secretgardentea.com. Uh, in the store, we're open for breakfast and for lunch, but we do specialize in um, our afternoon tea, and that's served every day at 12, 2.15, and 4.30. And then, as Kathy mentioned, we have um, monthly a long-table women's brunch that brings uh, people. Uh, you can buy a ticket and come and have breakfast and uh, have great conversation over tea and food. And then we've also started doing a pop-up high tea at different locations all over the Lower Mainland. So we're bringing the ritual of high tea to other communities where you can sit down and and, uh, be served uh, tea with our china cups and our beautiful linen and it's uh, our beautiful sweets and savory sandwiches and scones are served on our traditional three-tier tray. So that's been very popular. Last summer we did... um, a high tea for 50 people in the middle of a lavender field and it was mm-hmm. just amazing wonderful that sounds that sounds very special actually mm-hmm. to be able to yeah. just gather too with people you don't know how how that's really ex- really fun where you just come to share a table and get to mm-hmm. know new people that's really pretty so we're going to be taking a break in a in a minute 
And uh, I am thanking you. We're going to, I'm just going to speak a little bit about my interest in uh, your in your service is also that uh, I appreciate that we bring uh, service to others and beauty to others and care in many ways. And, and, and your service, the high tea or the afternoon tea, if you want to call it that, uh, is a ritual that many, many gather around without even considering it sometimes that that's what they're doing um, five blossom gatherings is also interested in uh, in inspiring people in sharing and also presently five blossoms is offering little gifts and uh, these are uh, free classes and presently in the form of webinars so this is to support uh, your interest or if those are excited um, because we're opening up the concept of a climate of care and when you think about sitting around a table and having a cup of tea and caring about the conversation or it's it can be as simple as that but we extend that to opening up a a way of dialogue and a way of considering how do we care how do we continue to stretch that envelope so these uh, webinars are available through um, fiveblossomgatherings.com and we also have a series of uh, workshops that are going to be also online that are going to relate to uh, stewardship, our earth stewardship, and other other good um, topics. So I'm inviting um, you know any listeners who would like to know more about that. Uh, you can uh, find us at fiveblossomgatherings.com. So we're going to take a break and uh, we'll be back in a moment. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Five Blossom Gatherings is the website and program from Denise Richard. By visiting FiveBlossomGatherings.com, you'll find out more about Denise's professional Tai Chi and Qigong services. Explore her website and view works of art and much more. You can book healing and counseling sessions with Denise. She works with clients who have health interests and concerns. Her programs include knowing your whole body, self-care for your health, and inspiring wholeness. Visit 5BlossomGatherings.com today. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. Build a better business. Achieve that goal. Make good on that resolution. The Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. You are listening to 5 Blossom Radio. Connect with the program today by calling in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. Or send an email to 5blossomgatherings at gmail.com. Now, back to 5 Blossom Radio. Welcome back to 5 Blossom Radio. We're having a great experience here with tea. My guests, Kathy and Erin Wider of The Secret Garden Tea Company, are here today with me. So we've spoken a little of uh, your history uh, with The Secret Garden Tea Company. I'd like to speak about gathering, gathering and um, you know, connecting. You've been in the Carisdale area working uh for in this way for uh, almost 20 years uh there's a lot of that's a lot of gathering that's a lot of connection that's bringing people together that's two generations of tea drinking (laughs) uh can you would you like to talk a little bit about that about your history there and about the company in the community sure um well kathy and andrea started the secret garden in 1996 so i think we're coming up for almost 25 years now in business uh, like I mentioned, I came on board in 1999, and uh, we were in a small location uh, that served us very well for a long time, and we've never done any advertising. It's all been word of mouth and people walking by and people talking about what we do, 
And we have just built the most wonderful, most loyal clientele uh, that I've ever seen. Uh, we have lots of people from Carisdale that come daily to the Secret Garden, but equally we have a lot of people from around the surrounding areas that will come for high tea maybe once a week or once a month or for special occasions, and uh, they make that a family ritual. We've had, uh, like you mentioned, different generations. We've had babies uh, being born and coming to the Secret Garden, and now they're in university and beyond, um, bringing their own children here. So uh, we love Carisdale. Uh, we had an opportunity to move just around the corner into a larger space that we were able to customize and make it a much uh, more user-friendly, very beautiful space that could seat more people, and we did that three years ago. And it was very important for us to stay local and uh, stay in Carisdale and uh, continue to service the people in our neighborhood. Wow, that's a lot of growth. And that's lovely, lovely to hear that it actually grew quite naturally. It was actually mm-hmm. held by the community and grown through the community. And still today, people come mm-hmm. and uh, share with you on a timely basis. That's really exciting. That's really good. That's 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 really positive. Positive that we can hear that these things are are happening. So, can you talk a little bit about? Uh, I'm I'm told uh, through our conversation. We had a little conversation, Kathy and I, and she talked about the basics of how you've done some of that work, where you've taken your business. And you've brought it to the community in a different way where because the business is not just one way, it's both ways. You're giving and you're giving back in another way where you do a little bit of service, where you do events or you do. Can you want to tell me about the history of that? I'd love to explore that area of care. Mm-hmm. Well, um, the secret garden when it was started was never, my first thought was never like, how am I going to make a bunch of money from this? My first thought was, um, how can I create a beautiful space where people can come and enjoy a really good cup of tea and a beautiful meal? And that was my intention. And one of my happiest moments was when I was walking by one day and I saw my auntie and my cousin in the window having a beautiful tea and there was all these people enjoying tea and talking to each other. And of course it's important. You've got to meet your bottom line. But for both Aaron and I, it's never been about the profit uh, so much as it is about caring about people and providing an experience for people where they can take a moment out of their day and um, really slow down and enjoy the company of others and a good cup of tea. And uh, that goes, that applies to our staff too. Like the staff that run the store, we could not do it without them. And they're like family to us. They're really important to us. And um, Aaron and I make decisions. It's more of a circle base rather than from the top down. Mm-hmm. And um, it's really important that um, we're open to hear uh, what our staff has to say and um, to hear feedback from them, to, to talk with them, to ask what's working, what's not working. And then in the larger community, I was raised in a family where you give back. Like, if you've been given a lot, then you you have to give a lot. That's the way it works. And so um, we are always involved with, like, we just did an event where we baked these beautiful cookies and um, had a brunch, and the profits from that went to the SPCA because... We care about animals, we care about children, we care about people, and, um, but we're local. Um, and I think you have to start where you're at. You have to start with your immediate community. So we want a place that people can come to, that they're happy, they can enjoy themselves, but we want to give back to our community um, when there's a need. Um, and I, I think that is very, very important um, like it's part of my heart that I give back. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So you're highlighting here that um, you recognize the importance of touching community on, on other levels too, and that this time it was the SPCA. And you had commented that uh, you've touched other organizations too in that way where you've 
held support. Oh, we, we, we work with lots. Like we worked with BC Children's Hospital. We actually had a custom-made tea where the profits went to that. And Avalon Women's Center, which is a wonderful center for women recovering from addictions. It's a safe Space where they can meet and uh, find recovery, and so we have we have a tea currently where um, money from that goes towards Avalon Center. We've been involved with Union Gospel Mission, like which is working um, with people that uh, need meals and support down on the downtown east side. Um, yeah, I mean, like I just I could go on and on with. Um, there's so many organizations that we'd like to help. We can't help everyone, but, mm-hmm. um, you know, there's so many good um, not-for-profits in Vancouver that we have been involved with. Canuck Place is another one that comes to mind. Um, mm-hmm. It just, yeah, the Looking Glass Foundation, that's a woman that started um, a safe place for uh, teenagers to come who are suffering from eating disorders. and. Mm-hmm. She mm-hmm. single-handedly started that herself, and now it's this wonderful recovery center. We're doing cookies for them currently, um, beautiful um, handmade cookies um, with the proceeds going to the Looking Glass Foundation. I love the fact that your your products can touch so many in so many ways. It's kind of the, the sweet treat, you know, the, the sweetness that we can give each other, and uh, mm-hmm. it holds a bigger picture for us. Uh, right. Would, yeah, when I when I asked you initially um, about this, I was really impacted by the range of service that you've done, and that was again one of those things that I feel is crucial if you're going to um, be in service. You want to look at the impact on the community and how you can help hold that community at a bigger level. So I I'm I'm warmed by what you've just shared with us. Is there uh, is there do you have any stories? Is there anything in all that, in those wonderful memories of having, you know, given a little bit more than than would be expected sometimes uh, of an event or a situation where you just got warmed up by the experience? I just remember, year, this is years ago, but I remember a woman whose daughter was um, dying of uh, cancer and um, she wrote in our guest book that this was their safe place to come and she thanked us so much for providing a beautiful place where she could bring her daughter and that just touched me so deeply that I mean that's what it's about for me that Mm -hmm. um, you know love and service and that um, we created a space where someone felt she could bring her daughter and uh, find enjoyment and beauty um, Mm -hmm. while her daughter was you know, dying. Um, that was very touching. And I know that Aaron and I have been told by people over the years, like I know people that have been, felt really upset. They've had something happen in their lives. And they said to me, the first place I thought about going was to the secret garden because it brings comfort. Mm-hmm. And um, that, that really filled my heart too, to know that we've provided a place where when someone's upset, the first place they think of going for comfort is the secret garden. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That somehow there's a holding there. There's a quiet holding that allows for, for just be, being. <laughs> as, as, yeah, and as, finding some soothing. Yeah. Tea is mm-hmm. very soothing. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, it's, it's um, it, I don't know, it just, it, you know, there's a saying, while there is tea, there is hope. And, um, yes. Yes, I've heard, I, I, I've heard I find those. that to be very true. I can't. A world without tea would be a sadder place. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So when you first opened the garden, uh, the Secret Garden Tea Company, uh, you—that was long ago. Did you have? Did you either of you have kids at the time? Um, no. So no. you grew through that. Yeah, I think like when Andrea and I first opened, we got married and had kids, I think within, it was a year and a half period, which I wouldn't recommend when you're opening a business. <laughs> so you probably um, have a few tips for moms <laughs> when, when well, in business. I think what was nice was I was able to bring my daughter and Erin was able to bring her kids when they were, you know, when they were younger, like under six months, like mm-hmm. Tasha used to sit in the middle of the 
the pastry table and watch what is happening. <laughs> but there we becomes, go. I'm going to let Aaron speak to this more. It becomes more of a, a challenge as the kids um, move that past that period of six months. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's uh, owning your own business and being a working mom is not for the faint of heart, that's for sure. But there's something really beautiful about being able to bring your family to where you work. And, uh, and, and the Secret Garden is a very loving, nurturing, welcoming place. So our families have really grown up here. Um, Kathy's got two children and I have two children. And this is like our second home. So uh, mm-hmm. I feel really grateful for that. Do you have any recommendations for moms who would be in a position like you? Oh, like, love what you what do because like? it's too hard otherwise. Like you mm-hmm. just have to love what you do because um, sometimes you get it gets into a grind and the balance of work and family can be overwhelming. So I think through it all, you just have to love what you do and also have some fun. Like Kathy and I are really grateful that we uh, work so well together and even though on the it's not always easy. We can always have a good laugh and find some humor in it. And, and when we're not all about the bottom line and it's about talking to people and, and making connections, then it's, it can be very special too. But it's, it's certainly not easy. Time management can be very challenging for sure. And I think mm-hmm. if you're going to have a partner, you need, it's like a marriage. You need to find the right person. And mm-hmm. I think one of the things that Aaron and I really benefit from is we're quite different in what we're interested in. We really complement each other. Mm-hmm. And if we pick someone identical to ourselves, that wouldn't work. We both bring a lot to the table. But um, I think you also have to have a good relationship with that person and trust that person and uh, be able to have fun with that person, right? It's, it's the same as a good marriage. I say to Aaron sometimes, this is just like a good marriage. Yeah. Would. Yeah. <laughs> and you get to know each other on a certain level where you know where the, where the strengths are. Mm-hmm. And exactly. being able to, you know, promote the strengths of each other and be able to love that, even when those little bits don't quite work, um, being able to hold the, the grounding together. It sounds like a very, very beautiful experience that you've created in your community and in your lives together. Mm -hmm, Uh, So I'm thinking about um, some of your comments and about your interest in in community on a bigger scale and about giving and about what you just said about being moms and working through all that together. So uh, if you had... Uh, anything to recommend, as I just asked, uh, but looking more towards young businesses uh, today. I, I mean, the trade today, the business trade of restaurants, uh, restaurant trade today, would, would you consider to be, have changed at all in the uh, in 20 years or 25 years you've been in business? Oh, it's done a, a whole 180. Uh, it's Owning any type of business these days, let alone a food and beverage um, type of business, is not for the faint of heart. It's very challenging, whether in your whether you're in Vancouver or any other location. Uh, I think that um, you have to really think it through and think about why you want to do it because it's not a business that uh, it's very hard to to turn a profit, and you need to be very mindful of that. We get a lot of people approaching us that say, oh, I love to bake and I love tea. I'm thinking about starting something. And and the thing that you always have to remember is is that as much as we love tea and as much as we love food and beautiful things, that's not what our job actually is. And Mm -hmm. uh, so we get to have a cup of tea as we do the millions of other little things that it takes to run a small Mm -hmm. business that have over, you know, 30 employees and, and that kind of thing. But if you just like baking um, pies or cakes or things like that, I would maybe think about starting a bake, not starting a bakery and just in, enjoying the fact that you like to bake pies mm-hmm. and cakes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's very yeah. different running the business rather than just baking the product. You're also saying that in the creative process, you can imagine all that, but the reality of it, the putting it all together is something we can't imagine is what it sounds like. Yeah, the experience and a lot of, of it is something don't know. Like you, you don't really know all the ins and outs of what it takes until you start investigating on mm-hmm. what it is. Like there's, 
there's staffing, there's um, the city to have to deal with, there's food costs, there's leases, there's permits, there's all these things that it takes that has nothing to do with the beauty of baking mm-hmm. or drinking mm-hmm. tea. Mm-hmm. So luckily for Kathy and I, we, uh, we enjoy our product very much, but we both uh, have great interest in other areas. Kathy is very much the visionary of the store. She makes sure that we are always putting out products and our location is extremely beautiful along with our products. But mm-hmm. my forte is a bit more about um, the hiring and the operations. So luckily for us, we enjoy different things. We have a skill set in different areas that will make for a well-rounded partnership and a well-rounded mm-hmm. business. Uh, and, and but if we just wanted to bake, that might have been a different situation for the garden. Yeah, that makes sense. And it, and but the the end product is refined too. Is what I mm-hmm, appreciate. Definitely. It's like you bring it together in a refined fashion. Uh, coming back to what we were talking about, the fact that tea is is an ancient drink. It's uh, it's been nourishing and purifying people. They some traditions consider it exactly that a uh, purifying. A drink and it it's a process of uh, preparing it that you talk about also that uh, different cultures consider that it affects the mind in a certain way and it can purify the mind the concept is a bit different for our western culture but the asian cultures i've known for a long time that the aroma and the the quiet drinking of it and the the the, the, the soothing uh as you mentioned is a kind of a, res- a restraining thought process you know where you quiet everything down and it strengthens friendship by just being together uh, in addition uh, it just helps uh, create community create g- gathering so all this uh, brings about uh, a sense of uh, maybe a spiritual quality you might call it so I was um, interested in that because uh, to care to create a climate of care to to create a good relationship. There has to be consciousness and heart uh, in the mix of it all. And uh, it sounds like that's what your company has been working towards is you're bringing the heart, you're bringing the consciousness and how you relate, and you're creating a product that people can also enjoy and, and experience a little bit of that. So there's, uh, and then there's the strong ties between, as I mentioned, you know, tea drinking and We'll say spirituality, where faiths have long understood the connection between high states of consciousness and the comfort of soothing and soothing of tea. So I have a little story here. I'd love to um, to talk uh, a little bit about. We're going to be closing in a few minutes, in five minutes, and um, it's it's a legend. And I you you mentioned a little bit about that, Kathy. That there are very big big stories, meaning that they still. Uh, carry strongly today and the power of a good story is that it can can become a legend that's a mixture of truth and fiction and uh, tea has many legends associated with it the one that I was uh, reading about that I thought I'd like to touch on uh, is the legend uh, of uh, an emperor uh, who actually uh, this story is very sensitive. Uh, there's uh, a story about the temple. The temple is 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 really run down, and uh, there's this uh, farmer, very poor. He's walking by, and he sees the the fact that things are not able to be held in the right way, and he donates his time, his efforts to sweeping the steps, putting a little incense, and allowing that to filter through. But he does that on a regular basis, and this particular temple is donated to um, Kuan Yin, the goddess of compassion, or the deity of compassion, and uh in that process, the story goes, the legend goes, that uh, he has a dream. He has a dream about Kuan Yin speaking to him in the dream time. And she's talking about how appreciative she is of his care for the temple and for the community and says there's a gift for him in the cave. There's a cave nearby and there's a gift for him. And he is to share that gift. So he you know, gets up in the morning, he walks off and he goes to the cave and in the cave there's a tea, tea sprout. So he, you know, takes it gently and he sprouts it and 
sends out cuttings around. And the legend is, is that it is now uh, considered to be, um, what do you call, a national treasure of China. And it exists today. So I, I'm appreciating your, your time and, and the fact that you've spoken so generously about, um, about being a community and about that that's the giving. And that tea is associated with that giving and about being kind and being compassionate. So I don't know if you have any comments about that little story, but it was so strong for me to realize that these stories actually hold truth and they're thousands of years old. Any comments on that? Well, I think the real, the truth is that anything that's really truthful and will be lasting and I think for Aaron and I, it's really all about love and service and caring. And so you beautifully encapsulated that, Denise, when you shared that story. I think Thank that's you. what it's about. And those values are um, tried and true mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. lasting. And that's um, right. a good that's antidote to some of the current stuff that's happening in our society. I think that's right. If, you, if you're in love and service and being kind, I don't think you can really go wrong. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. it's about caring and noticing and appreciating. Thank you. I, I'm going to finish with a few quotes here. I, I you know, there, There's lots of tea quotes I didn't know about, but one of the good ones, uh, here's um, Eleanor Roosevelt who says, uh, a woman is like a tea bag. <laughs> you can't tell how strong she is until you put her in hot water. And I love that up in our store. We have that up in our store. (laughs) And another one uh, from Jane Austen. But indeed, I would rather have nothing but tea. (laughs) And here's the last one that I thought was lovely. Uh, William Ewart Gladstone. uh, If you are cold, tea will warm you. If you are too heated, it will cool you. If you are depressed, it will cheer you. And if you're excited, it will calm you. Uh, that was very, very good. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, we're going to close off now. And if there's anything, uh, a big thank you uh, to both of you. If there's anything you'd like to share uh, in terms of your URLs again, your website information, take a moment. Uh, sure. Our website is secretgardentea.com. And we hope you'll come and visit us at the Secret Garden. We'd love to see you. Thank you. So this is Denise Richard of Five Blossom Radio. And again, I'm just um, reminding our listeners, if you're interested in a little gift, a free class uh, called The Climate of Care. And it's a webinar, and it highlights um, a way of approaching Um, this kind of topic of compassionate care relating to the issues that are current today. Uh, You can visit my uh, website at fiveblossomgatherings.com, also eventbrite.ca. You can sign up there if you want a ticket. It's free. And this series uh, will also introduce other topics in time. So I'm welcoming my listeners to, uh, to share with us, to come and gather and um, be well. Denise Richard, Five Blossom Radio, thank you for your time today. Thank you for joining us this week for Five Blossom Radio with Denise Richard. Please tune into our next program. We're live every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time and noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Until we speak again, may you have a harmonious week.